it takes a lot of failures for you to finally do something that's going to be successful. From each of my businesses, I took a little bit of something and then incorporated it onto the next. So if you fail on like one or two or three, don't give up because every failure, you learn something for the next one. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Before we get into our episode, I wanted to address the situation that's happening right now. I'm sad, angered, and in pain because of what's happening to the Black community that's perpetrated by law enforcement and the broken system that we have. Although I don't have the answer, I can affirm that the space that I've created with my team has been built to share a diverse group of voices, and we reject racism and discrimination of any kind. I'm not perfect, and I have a lot of things to learn, so I'm going to continuously grow and educate myself. Just know that we will continue to support our brothers and sisters during this fight, and we will continue to help you in any way that we can. Thank you for being a part of the Offbeat Life family. If you ever need to talk, know that we're here, and you can always reach out to us. Thank you again for being a part of our family. On this week's episode, I'm super excited to speak with Diana, who is the travel blogger behind Between Pictures and the founder of Gotta Bag, a line of very chic camera bags. Diana carved a thriving career in finance, working for the top investment banks, but on her journey to explore her more creative side, she uncovered her passion for travel and photography. And in the process, she left the corporate world and found an in-between pictures and got a bag. Listen on to find out how Diana has become a successful e-commerce entrepreneur. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to speak with today's guest, Diana. Hey Diana, how are you? Hi, Debbie. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about you and why you live an offbeat life? So my name is Diana. I'm the blogger behind In Between Pictures. It's a travel luxury blog. And I'm also the founder of Gata Bag, which is a line of stylish camera bags. I love Diana's bag. I actually saw her first bag when I was in Miami and I met you the first time and one of our mutual friends, Marissa, had it on her. And I was like, oh my God, I've never seen a bag like this. And it is such a genius thing. It's such a genius bag and you're such a genius for making it, Diana. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, it was something that I really wanted and I was looking for and I couldn't find it. And it's just something that happens. Like I, I need something that works for me when I'm traveling, but also looks like a regular bag that I can just take it everywhere. And it just came out like that. So, I mean, it's something that was born out of a need. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the best ways to create a company and to create a product is from your own needs. And the thing is, 
you and I, I'm sure we've all searched for that bag that wasn't ugly, was stylish, where we could fit our bag and also feel safe about our cameras. And I've never seen anything like that except yours. Maybe there are like things popping up here and there now, but I feel like you've had yours for a while. What was the process like of you actually creating this product and make it come to life? And I'm sure it's been a really long road in terms of that. Actually, it wasn't that long because I'm the kind of person that <laughs> once I, I have an idea and I know it's going to work, I just go for it. So what happened is that I was looking for a camera bag and I have like a very specific image in my mind. Like I want it to be like this, like a small enough because I don't want a camera bag that is going to weigh and make my shoulder hurt. And I don't want it to look like a camera bag because I don't want attention. I don't want to bring attention to myself when I'm traveling. So I just want to blend in with the local people and then make it look like a, like a regular bag. So once I had the idea, I started sketching my ideal bag. So I wanted to make to be of leather. I want it to be like this and like that. And then after that, I started looking for a manufacturer. And from there, I start asking for samples because, you know, when you're looking for manufacturers, you, you can't just go all in. You have to ask for sample. You have to research the company to see how reliable they are. Some people even go and see the manufacturer. I didn't have to do that. When they sent me the sample, it was good enough for me. So from there, I started testing the, my products. I, I made like a few samples just in case. So I tested the bag. And once I was like ready for it, I asked for the manufacturer to, to produce it. And from beginning, from the idea to the product actually took maybe a few months. And then after that, I mean, once the bag was in production, I started working on the, on the website. Wow. Well, that is pretty fast. And you definitely work very quickly, which is incredible. And that's how you were able to make it. And it's been featured in a bunch of blogger sites and everybody loves it. I just did a feature on that. Actually, I included you in one of my gift guides because I think it's oh such God, a great product. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and before we talked, I was telling Diana, I'm like, I wanted to get her bag, but it was all sold out. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is... How how you know her her bag is incredible because everybody just loves it and everybody is raving about her product, her incredible camera bag. So yeah, that's, that's so like, exciting, Diana. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about being a small business is that you get a lot of flexibility. So you can go from design to production in a very short time because I know a lot of the bigger companies, they... They take a lot of time in producing, designing, and everything. And for me, because I'm doing everything, so I can go from design to production in a lot shorter time. So once I see a design and I make it and I like it, I get a sample, test it, and then go into production. That's an incredible thing to have that flexibility because there's only you and you're in charge of everything, which is also a scary thing, right? Because yes. whatever mistakes, it's all on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, for the I mean, the first time that I made the bag, I literally asked everyone I knew, what do they think about the bag? Like, do, do you like it? Does it look like a camera bag? If you had a camera, uh, will you use it? I mean, I asked 
everybody about everything, like every single detail, like you like the tassel, how about this color? Do you like this leather? Is it soft enough? Is it not soft? I mean, every single thing because you don't know. And then one of the things is that I was putting all my savings into it. So after this, if it didn't work out, I was I will be out of savings. So it was very, very scary. Yeah. And the styling of it is really beautiful. It's very simple and extremely stylish and it'll go with everything. That's another thing that I love about it because I think I've seen other bags that were camera bags and they were just very too intricate. And I'm the type of person that's like, I need something that matches everything too. So I'm like, yeah, that was <laughs> another thing because I want it to be very streamlined. So when I don't like bags that have too many things going on like too many pockets too many things it makes it look very busy and I wanted something to be simple so I can style it however I want it so it's not only for one person's style it's just it's simple enough to to be able to style with whoever wants to style it with you know it's just make it more appealing for a broader audience yeah. And you definitely accomplished that for sure. You touched up on this a little bit where you freaked out because you pretty much put all of your savings on this product because obviously you really believed in it. What was that moment like when you finally realized, okay, I'm actually going to put my money in this? Did you have a what now moment after everything was going and you had no choice? You had to go forward after you invested all of your time and energy and money obviously on this product yeah I didn't even have a plan b because I'm usually a very big planner I like to have plan b c and d but at that time I wasn't I didn't have a job because I have quit to start my blog and I needed a bigger income than my blog so I decided to go into this business and for me it was very very scary but it was one of those things that I have to make it work. And I have a little bit of experience on e-commerce because I used to have another website, which I sold. And I have from that experience, I have a little bit of knowledge. So I wasn't as scared as, let's say, when I started my first website. But it was very scary to think that if it doesn't work out, I will have no savings no money. And I will be stuck with like a large inventory of a camera bag. <laughs> that is a really scary thing. And obviously you're looking back at it now and you're really proud of everything that you've done. But at that moment when you're faced with that, it's just a scary experience. And the thing is too, it's knowing that you took that risk. So I don't know. Every time I see somebody take that risk and they actually do something with it, even if it's a failure, right? You always learn from that and yeah, you make definitely. things so much better the next time around. Since this wasn't my first e-commerce, I did have a lot many failures. They were progressively better. I started very young. I started like maybe when I was like 13, 14, I started selling stuff online and I mean, they. I never made a big or never made enough money to, you know, to sustain myself. But it's just that it takes a lot of failures for you to finally do something that's going to be successful. And from each of the failure, you learn something. And from each of my businesses, I took a little bit of something and then incorporated it onto the next. So, for example, from my last business, I learned that I need to keep my expenses low 
because I wasn't with the mentality, oh, this is for business. I'm going to buy this and buy that. And I spent a lot of money on things that I really didn't need. And for this business, I was like, no, I need to keep all my expenses as low as possible. Unless I really need it, I'm not going to buy it. So some of them, I mean, from each business, I learned something. And then finally, I have a business where I can live off from. So if you fail on like one or two or three, don't give up because every failure, you learn something for the next one. That is such a great way to explain that. I think we all get pushed down when things like that happen and it can take a toll on your mental health. And a lot of times, you know, you really want to give up and you need that motivation. And I think listening to what you just said, Diana, it just shows you that it doesn't usually happen the first time around. You know, you have to constantly be figuring things out, making mistakes, making sure that you're advancing and then I guess switching however way it needs to be because otherwise it's just not going to work. And it's just another learning process. You know, I mean, everyone's told to go to college and learn that way. But I think for me, at least the biggest way to learn is just to go out there and do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can learn a lot of things in college, but unless you experience it yourself, it's a different, whole different lesson because, I mean, you can learn marketing in school, which I did, but at the end of the day, what I do now has very little with what I learned in school because things changes. I, I, I never learned about social media, using social media for your business. And I run my business basically solely on social media. So that's one of my biggest platforms for my, for my business. Without it, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're able to use social media in a business sense and not just, you know, showing off travel experiences and you're really using it to sell your product and you're selling it in such a great way. It's become more of a lifestyle. It's part of a lifestyle, this product that you've created. Yeah, that's some of the things you learn as you go. Like I said, different business, different failure would teach you something different. And yeah, so for me, because I'm also a blogger, so those are some of the things that I learned as well, how to promote yourself, how to work the social media to your advantage. So from a business perspective, I basically, you basically merge the two worlds. So it's your business world with the social media world. And that's how you learn and make everything work together. Now, you talked a bit about your setbacks, you know, from your first business. What about now? What type of setbacks are you encountering as an entrepreneur with your current business? And how are you handling them? I think the most challenging part is scaling because you're such a small business. Just This is basically me and my sister working on it. And I'm doing everything from marketing to product design to customer service. My sister helped me everything that is with the inventory, packing, and scaling the business when you're this small and growing is very, very hard. You're always needing funding to your business because you're either you're divided between do I spend money on marketing or do I spend money on inventory? So it's very hard when it comes to growing in that sense, but it's something that you can, you always have to go to ask for help. And that's either in a form of loan 
or someone that can take up some of the load of the work. So it's basically growing pain. So everything that it takes about growing, that's where the challenges comes in because we're such a small business that to take that to a business where you have more employees, then I think that there's a lot of steps that you need to take in order to get there. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so many different nuances every single day that you have to deal with that sometimes you've never dealt with before. And I think that is one of the most exciting things about being an entrepreneur is that there's always something yes. new. You're always learning about something. <laughs> yes, there's always something new. You will never think that whatever politics is going on is going to affect your business, but it does. So it's it's like a, it's a little bit of a learning curve because I have never been this big with my other businesses. So some of the things that you have to learn on the go. Yeah, absolutely. So can you take us a little bit to what your average day looks like as an entrepreneur, as an e-commerce entrepreneur? Because it must be very interesting, at least for us. I'm sure for you, it's just like an everyday thing. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, I work on a little bit of everything since I also have the the travel blog. So what I do is always in the morning, I check my emails, customer service to see what orders come in. Sometimes orders comes in the middle of the night. So I just check on those. I check on the analytics to see where's the traffic coming, where those sales coming from, because that's one of the things you always, always have to check where's your traffic coming from on the business side. And then after I have taken care of all the tasks, like processing orders, answering to emails, I go ahead and work on the marketing side to see what's trending, what's working, what's not working. And then from there, once I have done, I'm finished with Gataback, I move on to my blog. So from there, I do the same thing. I check the analytics, I work on blog posts, and that's how it goes. So I try to divide my days so each business or each site gets a little bit of time because it's very easy to to get lost in one site and then completely forget the other one, which I have done many times. I work on my blog and then all of a sudden my sales are dropping because I'm not paying attention. And then I'm working on my gata back and then my traffic is dropping because I have forgotten my blog. So it's, it's like a balance game for me. That's a really big thing to kind of organize, right? Because it's they're both pretty popular and you have to make sure that you're really on top of your game. Do you have any specific tools that you're using to keep yourself organized so that it doesn't get too overwhelming or like you said, you forget about some parts of one business or the other? Right now, I, I use several software, but for organization, I use Wonderless. It helped me keep all the tasks and I can divide the task by website. So for Gatavac, I have to do this, this, this. And then for in-between pictures, I have to do this and this and this. So I can also put deadlines, reminders, prioritize. I can even share the list. For example, if I, ha- if I want to hire someone to help me with pinning, to to the boards, I actually sometimes ask my little sister, she's in college, and I sometimes I pay her to help me pin. So I can share my tasks with her and she can just click it when she's done so I can see what she when she's done with it. So it's very useful. I use it all the time. And for Gatabat, I also use it for in-between pictures, help me schedule the Instagram posts I use lately. Oh, is it lately or later? No, later, sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people use later. I think it's a really great tool for social media, specifically for Instagram. And obviously you use that a lot because your business that's part of your marketing strategy is using Instagram and it's very visual, which is great specifically for your business. Yeah, you have to keep on top of that because it's it's very easy to forget one small task. Or even if it's big, you you tend to forget sometimes because you have to. There have so many things that you have to keep track of. So later, I'll always have that. I mean, for me, it's so easy. I can just schedule for months and then not worry about it. And it's just part of the business to be on top of everything. What would you say is the best lesson that you've learned so far that you wish you'd known when you first started your company? Okay, so one of the biggest lessons I have learned from this website is there will always be problems. Doesn't matter, small, big, just don't take it too seriously. I mean, don't worry too much because I tend to worry all the time. I mean, for me, I always have to take in and breathe and think about, well, if if there's a solution, there is a solution. So I don't have to worry. If there's no solution, then I shouldn't worry anyway, because there's no solution. So you just have <laughs> to roll with it. So it's one of the things that I have to always keep in mind. And because I always get so worried with little problems, like a customer didn't like my product. So I get so worried about that. Someone doesn't like my bag. I, I get very worried. So I ask them, like, what, do you, what didn't you like about it? And I mean, you learn from it. And you move on, but I tend to hold on to it a little, a little too long. So is that's one of the lessons that I learned that I have to let go of a lot. I mean, little problems that is not going to be helpful for me to run the business. I think when it's your product, it's kind of your baby. So you do take offense to that, right? When yes. somebody says anything. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I, I mean, I take it a little bit personal when someone says they don't like it. So I, I always make sure that they to ask why, because I mean, that's an, another way to learn like, and to improve your designs. Like, you have to listen to what people are saying. You can't just take it too personal because at the end of the day, what, they're, what they don't like could improve yourselves. So that's how, that's how the bag that, that Marisa has came up with, because people were saying, Oh, I, I want something more secure. Like I want, it's not, I want something more secure for my travels. So I took that in, took that feedback and I designed a different bag. So that's how Ray, the design Ray came up with. So just taking in feedback, but it took me a while to listen because I was so, I felt offended a little bit, you know, when people say, Oh, I didn't like your bag because of this. And I was like, what? But I just have to learn to take in the, the, the feedback and improve the bags or come up with a different design and learn from it. So those are the things that I just learned from this business that you have to take in feedback and improve because from my other websites, they were not my design. There were products that were selling. If they didn't like it, well, whatever. I just move on to a different product, you know? <laughs> I didn't design that. Yeah. But for this one, this is like what I did. So when people, I mean, when people say something about it, then I have to listen, you know, because I have to improve. I have to make it better. I have to come up with different designs. And I'm right now working on two different designs and there were 80% feedbacks from other people. So it's just something that you learn as you go. And it's really helping you make that 
product even better, like you said. So I know it's so hard not to internalize all of that and feel offended because you've worked so hard on it. And I think, I don't know if a lot of people really understand how much it takes to design these bags, you know? I mean, we all have our opinions. That's great. But for you as a designer, you've worked on this so long and then you put it out there and somebody says even one thing that's negative. You're like, oh my God, that's like an arrow to my heart right now. (laughs) Yes. That's exciting because it's like your baby. It's like someone coming to you and say your baby's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) So it's just stuff that you have to learn. So you just just have to to think about it and then I mean take it in and say, okay, so what didn't work? So you just you just have to learn to to take the feedback. And it takes a little bit of time, you know, probably after the shock, then you can start thinking about, okay, this person (laughs) is going to help me instead of, you know, making me just feel really upset. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. So it's just, it's a learning curve when, when it comes to your babies. So you touched up on this a little bit. How much money did you actually save before starting your e-commerce site? And how did you make it last? And how did you budget that to last? So I saved up that money from my finance work. So I used to be a financial advisor at an investment bank. And that's how I saved up the money. So I saved up around between... Five thousand to ten thousand dollars because I, I mean, a big chunk of it went to inventory, and the other chunk have to go for website design, photography, and buying my camera gear, laptop, whatever I needed that wasn't that I don't have at the moment, so I have to buy it. So, a big chunk of that went to inventory, which was very scary because I have never sent that much money to. Uh, someone outside the country where they say, okay, here's the invoice. You have to pay. I don't remember how much was the amount, but it was more than $5,000. And they were like, and you're like hoping they will send you the bag. So it was a, it was very scary to have that big of a chunk of money sent out. And you just have to, after you buy the inventory, you, you're left with very little funds to support the business for a few months because, you know, you have to have money to survive for at least two, three months as you grow your business. Because when you upload something online, it's not going to be sales right away. You know, sales are not going to start coming in as, you, as soon as you open. So you have to keep that in mind that as you start your business, you have to have funds to survive for the next, whether it's for rent, whether it's that for, I don't know, um, labels, boxes, or whatever you need for your business, you have, you will have expenses that will incur while you grow your business. Yeah. There's again, a lot of different things that you wouldn't even think you were going to spend money on and it just pops up and it's so crucial to have that savings, especially when you have an e-commerce store specifically? Yeah, a lot of people don't think about that. They just, let's say they have $10,000 and they they think, okay, let me put the $10,000 on inventory. But you have to have a, a budget set up for the expenses that you're going to incur for the next few months, because that's one thing that happens a lot of the time that they run out of money while running the business. 
and then they they have to close the business because they can't keep up with the expenses. So let's say I don't have any employees. I only have my sister helping out. And some people have employees. And if you don't budget in their salary for the next two, three months, then you're going to run into problems after if you, if your sales are not where it should be to beat up the expenses. So it's very, very important to to always have a plan when you when you start a business. Yeah, I think with anything, you need to make sure that you are prepared for any eventuality. Obviously, you can't be prepared for any of that, for all of it, but just having something on the side is always good. Yes, yes. You always have to have a little bit of a cushion. Yes. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, um, I want to be remembered as the person that doesn't matter the situation. She always did her best for me to get into to go through so many things to be where I am today. So I want to be some remember as someone that is very resilient. So it doesn't matter what problems, what issue that you may face, you always overcome it. And I want to be remembered as someone that she overcame as many problems and still learned from it and still went through it and still kept going. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've already encountered so many of that with your businesses, so she's (laughs) going to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I feel like uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, at what stage you are, there will always be problems that you have to overcome. And especially as a business owner, you think that you have seen it all and then something new will come up. Absolutely. It always does pretty much almost every day, guys. So be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) What are you working on currently that is really exciting to you? Um, I think I mentioned it before, but I'm working on two different designs right now. They are basically all from feedbacks. And I have a friend that she has been asking me for the longest time for a bag that can feed a bottle of water. So I'm working on it right now. I'm working on it. So I'm very excited when I work on, on new designs because this, they're like new babies for me. And hopefully what, what I have in the future is that I have to open different websites, uh, different e-commerces, not just a Gatabag. I would love to have different other businesses as well because uh, one thing I also learned is that don't put all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely. I think that's what we all learned as remote entrepreneurs. When you are putting it all in one basket, things will happen and you never know. You may lose certain things, right? So be prepared. Yes, Yes, be prepared. (laughs) If our listeners want to know more about you, Diana, where can they find you? They can find me on my blog, inbetweenpictures.com or Instagram, inbetweenpics. That's instead of pictures, pics, P-I-C-S. Perfect. And where can they find your bags? They can find them on getabag.com or getabag on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Perfect. Thank you so much, Diana, for being here with us today. I'm Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to see your new products, the new designs coming out soon. So that's really exciting. Yes, hopefully in a few months. So I'll I'll show you a sneak peek when I have them ready. Yay! (laughs) Thanks, Diana. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode with Diana. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to create a successful e-commerce business. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast? Well, what are you waiting for? This is the best time to do it. And lucky for you, I have created the most comprehensive ebook to help you start, grow, and monetize your show called How to Create a Profitable Podcast, where I share all of my proven strategies that has allowed me to leave my nine to five to become a full-time podcaster. If you want to learn more, go to howtocreateapodcast.com. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold. <laughs>